Hi, I'm Eric with HyperMX. We're here at Pocket Gamer Connects 2023 in London, and I'm joined by Felix. How are you, man? Great. Good to have you. Thank you, man. Um, so, do this. Tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, your time in the industry. Well, yeah. well uh, fell into the industry like accidentally, like as most people do. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like I had a company that was like belly up. <laughs> And then uh, one of our investors was an investor in this other company, and we were just like, hey, we, we have no money. We want to work for this company. And that was a DSP okay. called Reemerge, and then uh, that's kind of my intro to the industry. Uh, then I moved to another DSP, a couple ad networks, and then I decided to stop working for the ad network side and started working <laughs> for clients, or like gaming companies instead. So now I'm a full-time ad monetization consultant, and uh, I also do a podcast. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, what made you stick to ad monetization? Going from supply, demand, both sides, and having a taste of each, what makes you love admon? Supply side is the most like interesting side from my perspective, okay. I think. It's just, you see how everything's interconnected. You're seeing like the piping of how the actual app industry works. Mm -hmm. Like most downloads come from other games, right? Right. So like if you actually have a view and who's getting those downloads, you actually see the flows and you see it basically like, it's like going on a trading floor for like a bank basically. You see yep. basically how it looks and who's getting the installs, who's installing what, and it's just more interesting. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so who are some of the, the clients and partners you're working with now to kind of help grow ad revenues? You got a couple of good clients, yeah. Uh, Turborilla, Gameovation, a couple of others, but yeah. Nice. I'm yeah. Happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, in, in general, do you do you find whenever you step out on your own from a company, there's pros and cons, right? Like, there's maybe more stress because it's all on you at that point. But do you find the reward is there compared to working for a, a standalone company? Yeah, I mean, you see, you get exposure to more things, mm. so you also learn more things, so you can be more helpful. So, yeah, it's yeah. more interesting because you've got like there's nothing more exciting. It sounds super nerdy, like when you work with a new client and you open up their mediation dashboard for the first time. Yeah, super interesting because you don't know what you're gonna find. Right. Sometimes it's like Frankenstein's monster, and sometimes it's really <laughs> good. And then you're like, oh, I'm not gonna deal with that. Like, you're, you're like, yeah. yeah, you got to really squeeze it out. Yeah. Which, speaking of that, I mean, what are some of the things in the last year that you found you were able to do to unlock revenue? You don't have to weigh, give, give away secrets, oh, no, but every, everybody's trying to figure it out, right? Everybody wants to unlock more revenue. Yeah, what have you found that's yeah, been working? Yeah, so uh, three major okay. big ones uh, in order. So the biggest impact one, Google bidding. Like getting free lit on Google bidding and whitelisted okay. will add like 10 to 12% on ad flow. The trick there is the Google bidding, you're allowed to do bidding and do placements at the same time until Google said probably Q4 next year. Okay. So basically you're getting, usually you have your ad placements quite high. So what happens then is you get exposure to the lower portions of the waterfall as well. And then it just goes nuts. Okay. It's just really good. Second thing is um, Amazon publisher services. So they only work on banners right now. Word on the street is that they're possibly rolling out interstitial ads as well. So video inventory. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you start them off on APS. Services, you get this nice slice of yeah, e-commerce demand direct from Amazon, and then they have a bunch of DSP inventory as well, like kind of competing with the PPX and yeah, Amazon, uh, not Amazon, I'm saying. <laughs> App-loving exchange. Okay, yeah, yeah. App-loving exchange. So basically they compete against there, but what you can do is you can also work, they love their acronyms, so you can work on something mm -hmm. called TAM. Yep. So what you do is you run APS for four weeks, and then you take a look at the top performing DSPs, and then you do a TAM deal, which is a direct IO deal through Amazon with these uh, DSPs, mm -hmm. and then they send you more inventory. So then you really see always on banner after doing TAM, 
depends on publisher service. There's always top three on banners. Like, yeah, regular as clockwork. You okay. Never go wrong. Yep. And then, like, one thing, like, that's also, like, a really weird hack, like, for movies. Like, their bidder's good, but you always get, like, 10% better performance if you use them on PlayStation. Hmm. Don't know why. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, but good to know, yeah, definitely. Good to yeah. yeah, and aside from like some of those tricks, and that's really more specific to like what demand partners you're working with. How yeah. do you have them plugged in? Um, do you deal at all with like actual ad placements and game economy, sort of where you're featuring these mechanisms? Yeah, like the things I was talking about before, like the three top little hacks. Yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah, but you know, like end of the day, at the bottom line, if you get lucky, twenty twenty five percent uplift. If you get lucky, right? Like that's yeah quite good but you know if you really want to double ad revenue or like do the big increases the only thing you can do is get more impressions and the only way to do that is ad units mm -hmm. new ad units new placements getting more often and yeah that's the most fun part i would say and that's probably yeah. where this industry is heading because the other stuff i was talking about before that's going to be automated in like two years max right so, yeah. and i imagine yeah adding more placements it sounds good getting more impressions sounds good but it's not that easy is it, it do you need to customize your placements based on the genre or the individual game? Or can you generally just try to increase impression volumes? I mean, the interesting thing is like most of my, like where I see the most increase in clients mm -hmm. is ads. So they're like, they're looking at like Duolingo, like Duolingo are making 50K a day from ads. Like, can I do that? Yeah. And then like you realize that like what's kind of basic in ad monetization for games, apps I've never heard of. So yeah, yeah. it's quite easy to like easier to adapt there, I would say. But like, you know, if you're working with an idle game that already has, you know, 16 impressions per DAU on rewarded, like odds are like if you put in interstitial, this is going to cannibalize it. Right. Like it's not as, yeah. Yeah. And how many more placements can you add if you have already got 16 views per yeah. user per day? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, in addition to sort of like changes you can make in the game, you know, new networks you can work with, I know a lot of our partners have been open to new ad formats. Again, new revenue streams. Um, which have you worked with and which do you think are going to survive or become tangible in the next year? Well, like, I, I could turn that question around like because branding is where I've seen like a lot of softness, like, yeah. especially in the last year. So, you know, all these yeah. branding like in-app, like ads, audio ads, like if yep. brand softness keeps on for another couple of years, that's, that's going to be an issue. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, yeah. No, it has been a challenging year for brands. I think, you know, when it comes to in-play ads or even audio ads, those are new formats. Yeah. There's going to be a slow um, rollout for that, for yeah. sure. We're paying a lot of attention to it. I think once that sort of demand piece is figured out for in-play ads, it's a great opportunity. I don't know if it's there yet. Yeah. Um, audio ads, I think, are something that's going to be maybe a bit more realistically scaled in the next year. There are plenty of advertisers that already have creative that could be transitioned to audio only. Um, from a tech perspective, I think it's an easier sell and play as well. And I think users are going to be a little more open to that once it's tested and rolled out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can see that grow this year as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm hearing some rumblings about mediation for audio ads. Isn't isn't like, Max? Like no, it's, no. Basically, I think it's a bit too early, but like you know, the industry like it's about to take off when Spotify will launch like an audience network for their audio ads. Yeah. And then everything will be mediated, and then probably then loving might allow it. But right. I haven't heard anything about. That's I don't know. When you know they come in right when it's big enough. And it'll try exactly. It. Right. And it'll same thing it. with InPlay. Nobody's mediating yet, and that's yeah. the problem. You need more yeah. demand. You can't run one network right now and fill yeah. billions of, of InPlay impressions. So. Yeah, we have one client that are running in-game like uh, in-game like ads. Yep. And the big issue is just fill. Exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. like is hurting it the most. So, well, in the in-game yeah. ads, you you can't do what you can do in a traditional banner placement. You can't just funnel programmatic 
yeah. without thinking about what's the creative going to look like when yeah. it gets there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, enough about your consulting. We don't want to give everything away. What I do want to talk about is Two and a Half Gamers. Uh, your podcast with the, uh, your co-founders has really blown up. It's amazing. Um, tell us how the whole no BS podcast concept came about. So, like, credit is due or credit is due. Mm -hmm. This is all Manche's idea. Okay. Like, we used to have a WhatsApp channel between me, Remo, and Manche where we just used to talk. Mm -hmm. And then he was just like, hey, let's put this on a podcast and see if it works. And we recorded our first episode, which we still haven't released yet because it's that bad. <laughs> and then we just kept going. We did uh, one episode a week for a year. And then here we are. It's growing really quickly. And it's a lot of fun. It's like what I look forward to the most every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's good fun. What's, um, what do you think the hardest thing about starting a podcast is, other than seeing and hearing yourself for the first time on That's episode hard, one? But I can tell you because I looked up the data. So, yeah. uh, so Apple Podcasts, like the app, they released some data that said that uh, Seventy-five percent of podcasts on their platform don't have more than four episodes. So if you do more than four episodes, you're already ahead of seventy-five percent of the rest of the people trying to do it. Yeah, so it's just about keep going, and you notice yourself getting better. So the hardest thing is just doing it every week. Right, that's the hardest. Finding the time, yeah. the dedication, the discipline. Yeah, because okay, no, that's amazing. Yeah, over four. I want people to do four, and they just give up. And they're yeah. like, it's not. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think one of the unique things about your podcast, it's always refreshing to have this type of podcast. Is it is no BS, and you guys kind of tell it how it is. How do you and the guys walk that line of being brutally honest while maintaining, you know, good relationships in industry? And you you successfully do it. I mean, we have, <laughs> uh, it's short as we go. Like honestly, like uh, we've gotten two cease and desist, okay. a couple of angry lawyers reaching out from different ad networks. Okay. What we say is usually like, did we get something wrong? Then mm -hmm. we'll correct it. Right. If we got something wrong, but if it's like an opinion thing that we didn't get wrong, like. Dude, like, yeah, yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, the fact that you're reaching out to me like makes it kind of true, right? So, yeah, if we got something wrong, we always apologize and yep. like, correct it on the podcast. It's usually me that has to do it, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then if it's not, then we just go, like, okay, that's your opinion. Yeah, uh, how much time does it take you guys to prep for each podcast? Because you, you yeah, really so detailed, you're really specific, and there's a lot of content in each one. Say at least four hours, yeah, per episode per person, right? So, and, yeah, it's a lot, and you don't do, um, and you don't do a run through, right? Like, I mean, this is this is tradition. It's not scripted. It's here's the topics. You do we your research. Talking points. So yeah. We don't look at each other's talking points because we want to be surprised. Nice. So, yeah. like, we don't ever read each other's talking notes, but since it's more fun. Yeah. But yeah, we have to write down everything in the sheet, and then you kind of look at the sheet while you're reading. It's a bit like a teleprompter, right? Yeah. So we use it like that. Cool. All right. So to wrap things up, um, I actually tend to hate this question, but I am genuinely curious. Um, two questions, actually. One, what's your favorite mobile game? And two, give us one prediction for 2023, be it general or specific. What do you think we can expect this year? Okay, so favorite game has always yeah. been Castle Creep. Okay. Uh, I've played it a great job on it. I love the story, the artwork. I've had to delete it a couple of times because I just played too much. <laughs> so I don't have it on my phone right now, so okay. I usually do. Yeah, yeah. got so, it. Yeah. I'll, yeah, Castle Creep's for sure. Cool. Trend, I mean, it's gonna be Carnage. That's what's gonna happen. This year is where we're gonna see, sadly, quite a lot of game like companies probably go bust. Mm. And it's just your national order, I think. We've had 10 years of boom times. Right. It's uh, the first time mobile gaming goes through, you know, a recession. Yeah. So we finally get to answer the age-old question, you know, are in-app sales, you know, elastic or inelastic? Let's see. <laughs> Let's yeah. see. Tune in to Two and a Half Gamers to yeah, find exactly. out. Yeah. <laughs> Felix, man, always good to see you. Yeah, Thanks so much, Thank bud. Appreciate it. Yeah.